tuned to the second annual Kiss the Goat Holiday Special with your hosts, X and Cutie, featuring special musical guests, The Hollow Men. Also starring Cindy C. Fallon with your Satan in the News. Plus, letters and voicemails on a festive edition of Ask the Goat. And now, here are your high priest and priestess of the holidays, X and Cootie. take your coats. Go ahead and have a seat. No, no, not there. Here, by the fire. Can I offer you something to drink? Perhaps some hot buttered rum? No, fuck, no! Did you make that shit again? Not for you, for our guest. Oh! Oh, oh. Oh, of course. Yes, have some. I'm sure it is delicious. It's so cold outside. We're glad you didn't have any problem finding the place. Yes, I know the place is a little isolated. And the cell service here is terrible. And we don't have a landline. Or neighbors. No one to hear you scream. Uh, He means if your car had broken down on those mountain passes. Oh, especially in this blizzard. Oh, no. Our guest seems a little woozy. Well, I'm not surprised. Not with all that drink we put in their drink. That means nothing. Of course it does. You put drink in their drink? No, y- you did. I don't... Wait, what? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant... I meant... Powerful sedatives! Yes! The sedatives in your drink. That's what he meant with the drinking thing. Darling, get the duct tape. Yes! The duct tape! Strap our guest into the straight-backed wooden chair! Yes! Secure them tightly! Ankles! Wrists! Mouth! Xiphoid process! Eyelids of light your hand! Naughty bits! There. Look, darling, I've wrapped our Christmas presents. Yes. It's what I've always wanted. Really? Yeah. An audience. (laughs) (laughs) Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Everybody in. The ceremony is about to begin. You'll shoot your eye out, kid.
My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And this is... The, the second, second annual, annual Kiss, Kiss the Goat Holiday Special. We've got laughter and fun. Stories and songs. We'll hear from some of our beloved acolytes. We'll play Ask the Goat. Also, and most importantly, we'll tell you the greatest story ever told. The Christmas Story. It's a very special episode of Kiss the Goat. So gather your loved ones around you and let us whisk you away to a wintry, sparkle town of magic. <laughs> we'll be back. Have us word from our colleagues. Howdy, folks. Got blood, violence, freaks and nature. You come to the right place. My name is Gary and I'm your guide to Cinnamon Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet! Alright, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. You're slapped. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Sun Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. I'm a complicated woman. But really, I have simple desires. And if you were to ask me what I want for Christmas this year... What do you want for Christmas, Goody? Well, I want peace and prosperity for my family. You know, the, the people that I love. I would like some new shoes. Sensible shoes, of course. Not those 18-hole platform Doc Martens that I have on my wish list. Which you can find pretty easily at Amazon.com. Um... Maybe some nice fuzzy socks, something to keep my feet warm, you know? And I want a pony, a real-life pony. I've been asking for one since I was four years old. Now I'm a grown-up, I've got a job, and a family, I pay my taxes, and I want a fucking pony this year. Is that too hard, Santa, you piece of shit? There better be a Palomino under my tree this Yule, or there's gonna be hell to pay. Do you hear me, fat man? But really, anything's fine. I don't I don't ask for much. Welcome back to the second annual Kiss the Goat holiday special. Now, if you listened to last year's special, <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Um, then you know that I drank an awful lot of hot buttered rum last year and really ter- terrible things happened. <laughs> Yeah, he turned into Willie the groundskeeper from The Simpsons. There may have been a slight <laughs> alcohol-induced uh, accent change. Slight, honey. You sounded like Sean Connery making out with a dairy cow. 
Okay, so we're not doing that this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you're disappointed, but I can't. I can't put my body through anything like that again. Right. So instead, we have made a delightful light citrus sangria, and this is a drink that you can make at home. All it requires is a bottle of white zin, four cups of white grape juice, and some orange slices. It's festive, it's refreshing, and I'm, I'm going to go get some right now. Okay, you do that, honey. Actually, guys, that sangria was kind of pussy. <laughs> so I added some more wine to it. Uh, a lot more, actually. Uh, there's some white zen, some Riesling, some Gewürztraminer, some Moscato, and a little bit of Pinot Grigio just for tarts. Oh, and I only used two cups of white grape juice. I replaced the other two cups with Everclear. <laughs> so let's see if that's nice. Yeah, babe, this seems a little stronger uh, than the batch you made last week. Did you use a different brand of wine? Different? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a little more, it's a little more stout than I expected. It's good, though. I mean, you know, it goes down pretty smooth. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you like it. I, I made it according to my taste, you know. Well, then you have very good taste, my dear. Thank you so much. You know, even though we are taint deep in the holiday season, news is still happening, and it is our duty as people who know professional journalists to stay on top of these things. So, <laughs> dear friends, please give a sweet Clothing optional welcome to our correspondent, Cindy Sin Fallon. It's time for Satan in the News, the holiday edition. Greetings from Krampus. Not sure what to get your kids for Christmas this year? How about an old-timey Christmas celebration with roots rich in history and paganism? I mean, other than all the other pagan customs you've already incorporated into your Christmas traditions, unbeknownst to you. You're welcome, Christians. (laughs) If you haven't heard of Krampus yet, you may be living under a lump of coal. Krampus is a creature out of Austrian folklore, but has similar counterparts throughout various parts of Europe and Scandinavia. Looking very much like the Christian devil, whose likeness was stolen from the ancient Greek god Pan, or the horned god of witches, Krampus is represented as a demonic, cloven-hooved, horned goat man with a tongue that would make Gene Simmons jealous. Krampus is often acting as a counterpart to St. Nicholas. Whereas jolly old St. Nick gives attention to the good girls and boys, Krampus doles out the discipline to the bad girls and boys. With a lengthy tongue used to lasso fleeing children and a switch of birch sticks with which to beat the little bastards, Krampus kidnaps naughty kids in the most linguistically appropriate way possible. He puts those kids in his kidnap sack. Once the naughty kids have been kidnapped, he whisks them away to hell. Other fates for the misbehaved children include being drowned or eaten by Krampus. Well, anything is better than fruitcake. Krampus nights and Krampus runs are still celebrated in many alpine towns. 
Usually young men participate and adorn themselves with furs and horns to represent Krampus. On Krampus night, the men dressed apart will approach naughty kids and give them coal. Some festivities include the presence of St. Nicholas dressed as a bishop, handing out gifts to the good kids. Sometimes only Krampus appears for Krampus night. Krampus runs and Krampus crawls are the most adult-oriented version of the tradition. Often fueled by alcohol, it is traditional to offer the participants schnapps, especially if Krampus comes a knocking. Reaching far beyond its Teutonic origins, Krampus is now embraced in parts of the United States as well. The Krampus crawls are usually pub crawls dressed as the horn-hoofed, hairy Krampus. So if you're interested in putting the fear of Krampus into your kids to get those little fuckers to behave, tell them this bedtime story. If books aren't your thing, take them to see the newly released feature film Krampus by director Michael Doherty. With the success of Trick or Treat behind him, Doherty is sure to lure some horror fans to see this family-friendly film, Krampus. Krampus looks a little too watered down in the trailers for my taste, but that is why we have such things as hot buttered rum to enjoy these long, dark nights. So just remember, Krampus is as real as Santa Claus. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good, for goodness sake. Ohio nights, the stars are shining brightly, the night of our dead zombie's birth. Putting the sick in Sycamore Township, an Ohio resident, Jason Dixon, has resurrected his controversial zombie nativity scene. Dixon, who manages a haunted house called 13 Rooms of Doom, incorporated some of his zombie props into his nativity scene last year and this year. With ongoing red tape with zoning issues and square footage, Dixon says this will probably be the last year of his zombie nativity scene. For a holiday which celebrates a zombie carpenter, people are sure sensitive about having the whole zombie aspect of their religion in focus. Christmas, after all, is one of the biggest zombie holidays after Easter. That was it. That's the end of it. That's the end of the news. If you're looking to indulge in more sin, you can certainly follow her on Facebook, if she'll let you. Uh, check out her group page, Modern Witch Executions, Never Again the Burning Times. Otherwise, you can hear her broadcasting over terrestrial radio out in the lawless wastelands of the great American Southwest, reporting on the complex issues that affect the LGBTQ community. A blessed Yule to you, Sin, and a Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> what? Sangria is so good, dude. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, it's time for another quick break. So if you want to get another tumbler full, you should. Yep. And he's already gone. We'll be back after this message from some friends of ours. Black Anna's Horror Podcast. The podcast that will change your life forever. That is not what, that's not, no. Intense. This is going to be filled with spoilers. So insightful that you will question your place in the universe. I don't like gore. Mind-blowing. Repetition of the repetition. Is that a word? That is now a word. Inspiring. It's almost like a little advertisement. Life-changing. It's one of two things all the way through. Either predictable or stupid. Black Anna's Horror Podcast. Exclusively available on the Legion Podcast Network. And now it's time to visit Mr. Robertson's Neighborhood to find out what Reverend Pat has to say to us today. 
This is Karen Pat, who says, We declined going to our daughter's house on Christmas this year because there's always an argument, hard feelings, etc. One grandchild comes high on marijuana, cursing and challenging our faith. I correct him and have told my daughter to ask him to respect our beliefs, but he keeps it up. Our daughter says she's a Christian, but will drink to and offend her daughter and her husband. Were we wrong not to attend another Christmas that leaves us upset or someone angry? I've shared my beliefs many times with them and am ridiculed by this grandson and son-in-law. Somebody, somebody take that kid to the woodshed and let him understand uh, the blessings of discipline. He needs a strong male figure. I don't know about his daddy, where the daddy is. But well, he, the, the daughter is the child of this couple. I, I mean, dig it, but the, the kid's got a father someplace, and the father may be out of ten, and the mother's not disciplined. He needs discipline. He's going to wind up in a correctional institution. The next thing you know, he's going to be doing hard time uh, in some prison, and then he would wish he wasn't such a smart, you know, uh, wise guy because... He'll be disciplined in a way that he'll never forget uh, in some prison. Uh, they'll prey on some young kid like that, but he needs discipline in the worst possible way. And no, you don't have to go to Christmas. Why, why ruin Christmas and let some, a lot of people like that get drunk and curse and uh, abuse your Savior? Who, who needs that? You don't have to go. You don't have to expose yourself to this kind of uh, uh, ridicule and torment. I mean, it's supposed to be a day of rejoicing. So go where people want to rejoice in the Savior. never really cared about getting stuff for Yule. I mean, I like watching other people open their gifts. I like to see their faces light up. I like to see them get excited when they get a really nice surprise under the tree. But I mean, if I'm honest, I'd like to get a couple of presents. Really expensive presents. Presents that have no real function in, in real life. For example, I don't want pajamas, but I do want that little hatch you can unsnap to let your ass hang out. I'd like a solid gold cauldron that I can use to melt iron. I want diamond encrusted cheek implants. And being a guy that cares about the environment, I would love to have a battery operated car. Double A battery. Literally hundreds of double A batteries to make the car go. But what I really want is a pure obsidian Darth Vader butt plug. It's not not for me though. That's <laughs> that's a surprise. No way, buddy. Oh come on! <laughs> Seriously, have you seen that thing? It has points. It's sharp and it's gigantic. <laughs> It's, it's the dark side meets the back side. Negative gold leader. Not happening. It's it's the Vader invader. It wants to penetrate your Death Star. No way! You want to use that restraining bolt? Use it on yourself. Yeah, never mind. And now, here's a song from one of our favorite local bands, Hollow Men. This tune is called Zombie Jesus. Enjoy! Let us build a fire so they 
us? Will they take us home or will they leave us? Leave us. Let us build a fire so they can see us. See us. Holy motherfucking zombie Jesus. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host Duncan McLeish and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school horror favourites as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms. To see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com 
and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under the Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under the Stairs, signing off. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. A rogue reindeer was found trotting down Santa Claus Lane in North Pole, Alaska recently. With streetlights painted like striped candy canes, the dark North Pole night shed light on a gruesome crime. The diabolical day started like any other. Rudolph, originally named Ruby, started life as many other reindeer. She was relegated to a petting zoo where rambunctious rascals grabbed her antlers and taunted her to fly. Ruby, never able to handle the bullying of the kids, took to drinking. Her favorites were eggnog and hot buttered rum, which is a little more rum each time. Years of alcoholism wore on the reindeer, as her nose was constantly red. Ruby never felt comfortable in her own skin. Even when she was resting in her bed of hay, she fantasized about life as a buck. She never envisioned her future as a doe, but always a buck. She felt alien in her own body and eventually started living as a buck. She dropped her name Ruby and legally adopted the new name Rudolph. Rudolph sought acceptance, as any herd animal would. He struggled to find it in the petting zoo in Ketchikan, Alaska, where the other reindeer kept referring to him as Ruby and as her. Not respecting his gender identity, Rudolph knew it was time to find a new herd. He heard rumors of an all-transgender herd in North Pole, Alaska. Rudolph hightailed it out of Ketchikan en route for North Pole and acceptance. Once reaching North Pole, it wasn't hard to find the North Pole herd. They were, indeed, all-transgender. Even the University of Alaska Fairbanks Reindeer Research Center studied this unusual herd. They were remarkable in that they were all female-to-male transgender reindeer. This enabled them to be the only reindeer team to maintain their antlers year-round, as only biological females keep their antlers throughout winter. Biological males drop their antlers. No one ever thought anything of it, as it was generally accepted that these reindeer were all male, as they pulled a very heavy sleigh. Their names were rather ambiguous, such as Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donder, and Blitzen. Rudolph found his tribe, so to speak. He quickly started running with the transgender team. Sadly, even with all of their similarities, Rudolph's differences were soon easy to spot by the rest of the North Pole herd. Rudolph's perpetually red nose from drinking was a target for teasing. The other reindeer called him names like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. They wouldn't let him play their reindeer games like Cards Against Humanity and Fuck, Mary Kill. They even laughed at him whenever he asked if they could fly, just as the kids at the petting zoo had asked him. Rudolph cried himself to sleep again in a pile of hay, just as he did with his old herd. He felt as if he never would find a real home where he was accepted. Then, one foggy December Eve, Comet and Blitzen approached Rudolph and tried to make it up to him. They felt bad that the same ostracizing they grew up with, they now committed against Rudolph. Com and Blitzen told Rudolph that they could indeed fly, and that if he ate the magical flying ingredients, he too could fly with them. Rudolph was so moved by their sharing their secret that he immediately chewed down the secret flying ingredients they gave him. Rudolph was going to fly that night. After about an hour, Rudolph realized his red nose was glowing and he was indeed flying. He pulled a heavy sleigh all by himself and flew all over the world. He couldn't even feel the cold. He was so full of love for everyone that he showered gifts everywhere under his flight path. Eventually, fighter jets intercepted Rudolph and NORAD forced the reindeer to land the sleigh. 
At least, that's what Rudolph was heard murmuring as he was found stumbling under the candy cane striped lights of North Pole, Alaska. The reindeer had been fed, unbeknownst to him, magic mushrooms, molly, and LSD by his herdmates. Alaska state troopers had been called to the scene, as residents were reporting finding gifts with fresh reindeer sausage inside. Some even had bloody bridles in them, with their names embroidered into them, such as Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donder, and Blitzen. Each one of the hundreds of gifts recovered with bloody reindeer bits in them had tags on them which read, quote, they used to laugh and call him names, all signed by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Welcome back to the second annual Kiss the Goat Holiday Let me special. tell you something. Let... <laughs> Let, me... Let me tell you something. Hey, hey, hey. Lush. I'm straight. You're the one who's. I'm straight. Yeah, no more wine for you. No, 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 no more wine for me. I'll be good. I will. Besides, <laughs> so it's time to tell the Christmas story, and I want to help tell it. Well, do you remember how it goes? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, so every year we like to gather the children, the pets, our collection of creepy dolls that have that one eye, you know, that won't close all the way. And of course, hostages. And we all sit around the fire. Which is awesome, because we don't even have a fireplace. And we tell the story of a little boy who was born, loved by his parents, and eventually became the most important man in the world. Well, until he was killed by religious extremists. This, dear friends, is the Christmas story. Once upon a time, a long time ago, in a little town called Bethlehem, there lived a man named Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen had waited his entire life for a child to be born, a child who had been written about and prophesied about for thousands of years. He hoped to actually see the child in person, but he was growing old, and his hope was waning. However, right as the old man's hopes were at their lowest point, in the city of Rome, the child was born. Glory from on high, unto you this day a child is born. But not everyone was happy on that day. There was a man named Robert, whose wife had also given birth to a boy that day, but the child died. That sucks. So a friendly priest offered to let Robert take another boy home to raise as his own. Robert thought this was a wonderful idea. His wife would never have to know her own child had passed away, and they could have the family they had always dreamed of. That child Robert took home was the very baby that the ancient prophecies had spoken of. Hooray for everyone! Hooray for families and shit! They took the kid home, and for reasons unbeknownst to anyone, they named him Damien. <laughs> Not exactly a biblical name, is it? Creepy is what it is. (laughs) Well, Damien had a strange effect on the people around him. They marveled at his chubby little face like a rotten pear you could make wear a hat. (laughs) At his fifth birthday party, his nanny gave him a very special present. Yeah, she jumped out the fucking window and hung herself. Yeah, a birthday card would have been way easier. Now, Damien's mother 
Catherine, tried as hard as she could to raise Damien the right way. She tried to spend time with him, but she had this sneaking suspicion that Damien wasn't hers, and she wasn't happy about that. Uh, Damien was a little obnoxious, to be sure. I mean, he didn't want to go to church. Well, actually, that part's okay. I don't want to go to church either. Yeah, but you don't scream and scratch the faces <laughs> of other people in the car while you're going there. <laughs> no, really. I just say, hey, how about we don't go to church? And then we don't. So Damien knocks his mama over a second floor balcony while riding his friggin' big no, wheel around. No, that was just an accident. Just an accident. Right, 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 whatever. Okay. Robert isn't having an easy time of things either. He's got this crazy priest telling him bad shit about Damien, and there's a photographer who's got some crazy ideas too. So what is a father to do? because no one wants to believe bad things about their children. But there are a lot of unexplained deaths around them right now. The priest gets impaled. Catherine falls out of a window at the hospital. <laughs> I'm not sure she fell. Pushed out by <laughs> Mrs. Baylock, more likely. You know, she landed on an ambulance, and she went right through the roof of the ambulance, and it really wouldn't have been a big deal just to drive her that 500 feet back to the hospital. They could have fixed her right up, man. <laughs> I really think it might have been a little too late for that at that point. <laughs> oh, they got the machine that goes, bing! Nope. <laughs> Say goodbye to Catherine. So now little Damien has to stay with his nanny because Robert, his father, has gone on holiday with the photographer to learn the truth about Damien's origins. Cutie, their first stop on this exciting globe-hopping trip is Subiaco! This is where they learn that the hospital Damien was born in burned to the ground. Luckily, they're able to track down the priest who gave Damien to Robert as a baby. He's all burned up from the fire, but he directs them to... An Etruscan Cemetery! Where they can find the corpse of Damien's real mother if they can survive being attacked by the Doberman's guarding the grave. Back to you, Cootie. All right, no more sangria for Bullshit. you. Bullshit. All the more of the sangria for you, me. <laughs> well, not only do they find the corpse of Damien's mother, who was a jackal. Not even human. Nope. That a jackal. Son of a bitch. <laughs> they also find the body of Robert and Catherine's real baby, the one who the priest said died. There's a big fucking hole in his little skull. They murdered him. Damien's a changeling. You know what? Never accept a changeling, man. It never works out as cool as you think it will. Nope. So now that they've verified that Damien is not the little cutie that they thought he was, Robert ends up in... Israel! The Holy Land! The home of our old friend Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen had no wives, but he did have seven knives. Yes! He has the seven mystical daggers of Megiddo. Collect them all. Trade with your friends. I hope they're autographed. By who? Who the fuck would autograph those? William Shatner. Why? Because I want William Shatner's autograph. <laughs> such a nerd. <laughs> anyway, Bugenhagen's daggers are designed to destroy the Antichrist. Holy shit. Holy shit, Damien's the Antichrist? It's the whole fucking point, honey. I I thought he was just poorly behaved. He killed his mother! 
No, he injured his mother. He didn't kill her. Okay, now you're just splitting hairs, babe. Yeah, with the daggers of Megiddo. <laughs> anyway, Boonagan explains to Robert how to use the daggers. It must be done on hallowed ground. A church. His blood must be spilled on the altar of God. This first knife is most important. It extinguishes physical life and forms the center of the cross. The subsequent placings extinguish spiritual life and should radiate outward like this. This is not a human child. Make no mistake. The rest of the daggers are just for show, I guess. Well, the other knives are supposed to fan outward from that initial killing blade in the shape of a cross. So, see, and that's just showing off. That's just, that's ridiculous. (laughs) So Robert goes back home with the daggers. Although, how the fuck he managed to get them through customs is never explained. He's a daggler smuggler. Daggers smuggler. More sangria? Yes, have some. So killing this kid is going to be a major pain in the ass. Robert has to get Damien away from the evil nanny, Miss Baylock, and that big fucking guardian dog. Get the kid to a church, lay him down on the altar, and then stab him seven times. But first, like any good father, Robert decides to give Damien a haircut. Doesn't even wake him up for it. Just snips a little bit off of his scalp. But it's enough to reveal Damien's birthmark, which is actually a number. Well, to you, O For the devil sends the beast with wrath, because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a few. Its number is 666. Oh my god. That means that there are 665 other Damians out there. (laughs) Miss Baylock comes in and tries to keep Robert from taking Damien. Robert dispatches her, grabs Damien, throws him in the car. Not put him in a car seat because this is 1976 and fuck child child safety. safety. Go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! Then they go tearing off through the streets of London. Damien is, of course, freaking the fuck out. He's slapping Robert in the face and generally being a dick. Now, this makes Robert weave in and out and drive terribly, and those weird roundabouts they have over there are not places to drive like you're drunk. The cops notice he's not driving correctly and start chasing him. What else can go wrong? I know, right? It's a rough night. Well, Robert finds a church, and it's open, so that's a good thing. I mean, I don't know if Catholic Church is closed. I know Protestant Church is closed. 
movies have taught me that Catholic churches are always open. You know, just in case you need to get someone out of purgatory in the middle of the night or something. I don't know. That's fucking handy. All right. So Robert drags Damien into the church and holds him down on top of the altar. But then Damien says... Fucking cheap move, oldest <laughs> bullshit trick in the book. Right? And it almost gets Robert, but he finds his resolve and raises the first dagger up high in the air just as he's bringing it down. <laughs> the cops shoot him. Fucking cops. I thought British cops were unarmed. Not these guys. They're more than happy to fire away. Yep. I don't even know where I don't know where they got the guns. Bye bye, Robert. Hello, Damien, who ends his childhood in the custody of the President of the United States. And who could have foreseen such a fortuitous ending? So many good things coming for Damien. Such opportunities. So it's a happy ending after all. Well, of course it is. It's Christmas. Anti-Christmas, maybe. <laughs> Sing Hosanna, a child is born. This is what the holidays are all about. The smiling faces of evil, grubby children laying out their demonic plots for world domination. Yes, in Excelsis Deo. Yes, in Excelsis Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> well, of course, there's more to it than that. Very little is known about Damien's middle years. Well, we think that he went into the desert where he trained with the Essenes at the military school. I thought the Essenes were an ascetic cult. The same guys who taught John the Baptist how to eat locusts and stuff. Well, isn't that what they teach at military school? And that's the real Christmas story, boys and girls. Damien bless us, everyone. We'll be right back. Hey, Cherish. It's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's some 40s and some bitches, baby. Yeah. Me? I like beer. If you like all that and none of those artsy-fartsy films... Does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival? Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films the only way we know how, as raunchy as we can. What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast is fucking... Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. <laughs> you don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. <laughs> fucking curb stomp a baby for a baconator right now. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro. Unforgivable. If you could stand all that, come and get your fill and your fix of Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. All the cool kids are doing it. Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Crispy Cream. Hey, Moneymaker Mac. A Christmas song First thing on my list, go figure It's a brand new John Cena action figure Second thing on my list, 
guess what? It's a really cute girl with a really cute butt. Mike said, Krispy Kreme, hold up. Mom said, you're not allowed to touch a girl's butt until you're grown up. That's right, I forgot about that rule. Not allowed to touch butts until you graduate from school. But that's alright, cause third on my list is a brand new John Cena watch for my wrist. Now we're moving on to item number four. It's a brand new John Cena poster for my door. Check, check it out, y'all. Item number five is a brand new John Cena car that I can drive. Well, I can't really drive it because it's too small. But I could if I was maybe like this tall. Christmas, Christmas, come check out my wish list. Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business. I just want some good toys. Can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, 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 Christmas. Come check out my wish list. Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business. I just want some good toys. Can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, Christmas. Item number six on my list is on lock. Gotta get that. Super hot John Cena lunchbox So tough The thing is made of steel No more using brown paper bags for my meal Item number 7 Is like a bite of heaven I could probably eat like 10 or 11 Checked up in my stocking And guess what I found me A brand new box of Betty Crocker Fudge Brownies Item number 8 Player don't hate It's probably the best toy in the whole state An item so hot It could make the snow melt It's a brand new John Cena wrestling belt Now I gotta think about What I want from grandma How about a brand new pair of John Cena pajamas And one more thing I want Even though I already have it Is the best CD of all time Illmatic Christmas, Christmas Come check out my wish list Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business I just want some good toys can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, 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 Christmas. Come check out my wish list. Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business. I just want some good toys. Can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, Christmas. back to the second annual Kiss the Goat holiday special. I'm currently so drunk on whatever horrible thing my wife put together that I can piss myself and not realize it for three days. Mm, that sounds delicious. You know, it wouldn't be a proper holiday episode of Kiss the Goat if we didn't hear from some of our friends and answer some questions from the listening audience. It's time for Christmas's favorite game of interrogative statements. Ask the Goat, where we answer your questions and you question our answers. I'll send you a love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker. You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker. You receive a love letter from me, you're fucked forever. Uh, all right, here we go. We don't really have a mailbag to rummage around in this time. Oh, no rummaging. Well, I mean, you can rummage if you want, just, you know. Let me watch. Rummage, rummage, rummage. Oh, God, that's hot. Um, This is actually the first message to come through to us on the GOAT line, where you can leave us a message whenever you like. It goes right to voicemail. So, yeah, call us at 865-309-4969 and tell us what's going on. Our very first message on the GOAT line, let's take a listen. Oh, 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 wait, wait, 
on. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> no idea who that was. Nope. It's kind of hot, though. Well, yeah. You, uh, you saved that one on the hard drive, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got that. Okay, good deal. Maybe we can listen to that one again later uh, alone. Yeah, I'm for it. Right, so <clears throat> our first actual question comes from Rolf Pickler, who left a message in our Facebook group. You can do the same thing if you'd like. Join us on Facebook by searching for Kiss the Goat and hang out with our acolytes. Anyway, Rolf's question is, which Republican nominee is most likely to be a closet Kiss the Goat fan? Ben Carson. <laughs> ben Carson, the Christian doctor who can't keep shit straight about anything, who lied about, um, you know, getting a scholarship to West Point, which doesn't actually have tuition fees. So how can you get a scholarship? You have to be appointed to West Point. I know this because I had a friend who went to West Point. So, yeah, I think that, that very confused handsome crazy man is probably listening to kiss the goat on loop in his car we can hope yeah exactly uh, anyway next we have a message from lisa and carrillo let's see what lisa has to say hey guys it's lisa i don't have a question i just pretty much wanted to say that i'm so fucking excited that you guys are back i miss the fuck out of you that's it bye oh thank you lisa we're really happy to be back too and, you know, we're going to be stayed back for a while. Oh, hey, let's get another question. And this one's from our news correspondent, Sin Fallon. Hey, Sin, I had a quick question. My sister, the great evil or the greatest evil? You know, Sin, I kind of have this theory about your sister. <laughs> I really don't think you have a sister. I think this is like your alter ego or something so let's just say that you and your sister are opposite sides of the same coin and whether you're the greatest evil or you're just slightly evil or you're baking cookies and puppies and shit then that's entirely up to you honey and we support you and Whatever whim you might have at the moment. Because we love it. Let's be honest. She's right, you know. <laughs> Next, we've got a voicemail from um, Joseph Nance. Let's see what Joseph says. Okay, girls, like we practiced. One, two, three. Come on, work with me, girls. Work with me. Say, kiss the goat. Come on. Come on. Don't be shy now. Kiss the goat. <laughs> what? No, not eat more chicken. Kiss the goat. All right, come on. Try it again. Kiss the goat. One, two, three. <laughs> what do you mean, what's a goat? I'm not going to sit here and explain to you what a goat is. Just, just, just play along. Kiss the goat. Come on. One, two, three. I'm telling you, that's not funny, Heidi. The chickens don't find that funny. And trust me, it hasn't been funny in five years. Whoever told you eat more chicken was funny 
is terribly out of date. Fine, whatever. Well, Sin, Cootie, X, this is Josie, and from all of us at the farm, we say, eat more chicken. Apparently, Josie is, um, can you take a correspondence course to be Dr. Doolittle and make, <laughs> make goats say things? You know, I think if there were to be one, Josie should shit because that he would be amazing it would be, yeah that'd yeah, be fantastic like, like, Jesus his boss would never let him go at that point uh, let's not wish that on Nance yeah let's retract yeah. that <clears throat> let's also grab another question from the Facebook group right now and this one oh my gods this one is from Bo Ranstall Bo? You mean the guy who runs Legion Podcast, the network our show is on? The same. Are we canceled? God, I hope not. Let's see what (gasps) Bo says. Bo says, long-time listener, first-time questioner, the recent spate of exorcism movies have been pretty terrible. What can a movie do to make exorcisms scary again? Oh, wow. I have an idea. Do you? Because I'm thinking, I I don't know, I'm thinking with the inundation, you know, that we've gotten of that kind of thing, people are kind of numb to it, you know, kind of like violence. We're just like, oh, it's another exorcism movie. Okay, whatever. Nobody's really scared of that shit anymore, except for me, because I still fucking dream about demon possession. But I don't know. What's your idea? My idea is that it would be scary if somebody was possessed by somebody that they thought was a demon and it was just something else. And you can define else however you want. Aliens, another personality, but just where they think it's the devil and it's not. And they have to figure out a completely different way to purge it from the human host. Okay, yeah, that would be scary in a very X-Files kind of way. Yeah, but still, <laughs> I kind of dig that. Yeah, no, I'm with you on it. That's awesome. I I have nothing to one-up that. Okay. All right. Ah! ah well done. Sorry. Ah. So here's, here's ah. another question from the group. <clears throat> this one is from Christopher Munns. He wants to know... I want to call and ask what Cindy's legs would look like if barbecued. Well, Chris, that's that's just really fucking weird, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's real fucking weird. I think we're just going to let Sin answer that one, okay? Well, Christopher Munns, answer your question, how my legs would look barbecued. Um, they'd probably look crispy because of all the nice stuff that I've got going on there, like bacon. Um, I hope you base me nice, though, so there's a nice glaze on them. Yeah, I could probably feed a couple of people on these scams of mine. And no, I'm not offended at all. As probably one of the few acolytes who's actually met cannibals in real life, real life and who's actually dined with cannibals in a non-cannibalistic way, of course. Um, questions about cannibalism don't offend me at all. Um, yeah. Anyway, just just out of curiosity, though, I'd be wondering if what was the purpose of your cannibalism? Because most of the cannibals I know, it's in a magic context. So 
Well, I'm just wondering if you just want to eat me or if you want to devour my power. Our next message is from Memphis. Oh, shit. I know who that is. <laughs> I know who it is from Memphis, and it's about time, too. That is Jerry the King Lawler, and he's finally calling in to tell us how much he loves the show. I don't think so. It's not Jerry. He is the king of Memphis. Excellent, Cootie. This is Chuck Knight calling to uh, drop a just a hello for the uh, Kiss the Goat audience and uh, let you know that I love the show. I look forward to hearing the new season, and I uh, just want to let you guys know I'm here to support you in any way I can, and and uh, just hope that you're doing great, and uh, keep up the good work. Anyway, again, this is Chuck Knight. Take care. Talk to you soon. Was that Lawler? No, honey. It was Chuck Knight. I love it, Maggle. I love it, Maggle! Maggle! Okay, so <laughs> our next question is from... Oh, God! He's broken in half! That man has a family! The sinister minister himself, our own personal lapsed Catholic, Alan McPherson. Help you, Alan. Well, hello, uh, Cootie and X. This is your uh, sinister minister, or sinister lay minister from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Al from Halifax. Um, wanted to shoot you a line leading up to your uh, dramatic relaunch of season two of Kiss the Goat. Um I imagine I am as excited about this as many other people that are of a quantifiable amount. Quantifiable amount of excited people are out there. Yes. Anyway, um, pertinent questions for you to consider. Um, So we've all heard the media propaganda uh, position on what the devil's quote-unquote best trick was. I don't think I need to illuminate that because lots of shitty direct-to-video movies that don't understand what they're talking about have done that. But really, what do you think the devil's best trick was? Does it involve making the Statue of Liberty disappear? Hmm. Be curious to hear your opinions on that. Um, Also, I'd also be curious about, um, let's face it, when we watch uh, Satan movies, devil movies, the devil generally looks like uh, he's having a pretty good time. Like, you know, he's messing with people, he's doing things on his own time, his own, you know, carrying out nefarious plans or just generally wreaking havoc on his own dime, in his own time, in his own way. Conventional theology would tell you that the devil is being punished for things and should be like suffering and writhing and such. Um, But that never really plays out that way. So let's separate evil from the devil. What would you guys say is the best depiction of like honest to goodness, oxymoron alert, evil in a film? You know what I mean? Like, um, without any. Explicit references to the devil itself. What do you think? Like the best skin crawling, like ooh, that's nasty depiction of evil that you've seen in a movie. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Anyway, congratulations on the relaunch, and uh, happy midwinter um, transglobal holidays and such. Leave it to Alan to bring in the heavy shit. Um, right. 
What was the devil's greatest trick? I saw him make his thumb disappear. (laughs) And that was fucking amazing. Never got over that. Couldn't figure it out. Um, I guess you have to define trick first. Because I'm thinking, you know, (laughs) the fucker got away from God. He's got his own kingdom set up. (laughs) Is Is that his greatest trick? I can't really find fault with him for that. I don't know. I what would be his greatest trick? I mean, yeah, getting people to stop believing that he exists, that was a good trick, but I think the devil's greatest trick is just sitting back and like letting humanity destroy itself cuz we're doing a really good fucking job of it as it is. I think the devil's greatest trick is advertising. Yeah. The media. I think that yeah, I think the devil runs every advertising agency in the world. <laughs> And he's just like, go forth, do this, consume, enjoy. Um, don't worry about your soul, because this is a commercial. Not. You shouldn't have to worry about that right now. You're having fun, aren't you? Come on! Don't worry. Throw that bottle to Billy and shove that beer up your butt. Don't worry about all those people that are dying over there. Look at this, shiny. That's right. That's over there. This is right here. And gratification. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's advertising. I'm with you on that. That's pretty awesome. Well, what about the second part of his question? Is what is the best honest depiction of evil without making reference to Satan in a movie? Um, it's fucking. I have no idea what the hell. Um, you know what? I would say Ray Fiennes in Schindler's List. Now I make fun of Schindler's List a lot just because it's one of those touchstones, but. <laughs> Oh, my God. Just that I'm just following orders, kind of, you know, Nazi who rapes 12-year-old girls and then shoots them in the back of the head. And that's that's my job, dude. Sorry. The heart is closed. The moose should have told you. So I, I, I think for me that's it. Ray Fiennes and Schindler's List. Just cold-blooded, rotted soul you know, just seven Grinches rolled up into one Aryan package. Lots of Nazis in my life lately. I'm not sure I'm digging this too much. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. All right, so let's move on, shall we? And check our next message from the goat line. So what do you want to say to the show? Eat more children? That's not in the script. Is he doing the, the, the thing still? I guess it's it's really nice to be getting such support from both humans and livestock. We're an equal opportunity <laughs> show. <laughs> let's, let's go on to the next. Hello, this is Gary of the Sin of Beast podcast, uh, along with us, of course. Just wish you guys a happy Saturnalia. And I was hoping that every year, the year is one. Uh, yeah, just call on to say all that hot holiday stuff and the uh, Say congratulations on the start of season two of Kiss the Goat. It's a really wonderful show with some uh, really terrible tropes, and I, uh, that's the kind of shit I dig, so, you know, I, I can appreciate that. 
just like to say it's a pleasure. We're working with uh, one of you. Cootie has yet to come on the show. I'm still waiting for that to happen. Still uh, uh, waiting in anticipation, if you will. <laughs> so come on, baby. Don't get so shy. You can come on the beef and I'll have a good time. But um, just going to leave that here and say goodbye. And uh, congrats once again. Love you. Wow. Gary, dude. Thank you so much, man. That's very cool. Guys, that's, that's Gary Hill. I don't know if you know who he is or not, but I am on his show, the Cinema Beef Podcast. Uh, it's him and Jimmy D. Jenkins, and he's awesome to work with, and he's been a really big supporter of ours since Jump Street. So, Gary, dude, thank you so much. He really wants you on the show, Cootie Bug. Apparently so. Gary, thank you so much for those words of support. We really, really appreciate you. Um didn't know you wanted me on your show that bad, do you? I really didn't. I mean, X has mentioned it a couple of times, but um, this is the first time you've ever, like, directly asked me. So, uh, I, fuck it. Yeah, dude, let's do a show. <laughs> Hit me up. You're on the book of That's faith. That's awesome. Hit me up. Let me know yes. what you want to do and when, and um, I'll, uh, I'll work some out. How's that? That's awesome. It's really a good experience. It really is. <laughs> I can imagine so. All right. Well, let's see what's next. DJ, spin that shit. Woo! Hello, Cootie, Jeffrey. This is Chiller Pop. Chiller Pop. I want to thank you first for the colossal waste of time that you've brought into my life. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and my question to you is, what is your favorite demonic possession movie? demonic possession slash exorcism movie that is not related to the exorcist franchise happy krampusness and all the best for the new year take care all right then so Ah. what's our favorite possession slash exorcism movie that's not related to the exorcist franchise which is funny because the exorcist has never been one of my favorites i know but it has been mine that movie has haunted me for decades yeah, so glad we have like five different versions of it here in I the know. house. <laughs> Keep her traumatized. She'll never leave. <laughs> oh my God. So, wow, Jesus, what is one of my favorite possession exorcism movies that's not related to the Exorcist franchise? Um, Possessionism. I've said this before on the show, and I know that I am in a minority, but I uh, really liked The Last Exorcism. And I know that X did, too. That's like, (laughs) it's one of our tops. That was going to be my answer. (laughs) Well, the thing that I fucking love about that movie is that they lead you to believe through like 75% of, or maybe more of the fucking movie that this is just a, a poor girl who's been abused, maybe sexually molested and is really, really fucking repressed. And this is just her way of acting out. And then like in the last 10 fucking minutes of the movie, you find out that that is not the case. Nope. It's amazing. Love it. Love it. 
really loved that movie. And so I love the I love the main character too, the Pentecostal preacher who oh, dude, yeah. actually gives out his grandmother's banana bread recipe during the middle of a sermon because no one is paying attention. No one gives a fuck about what he's saying. They're just so caught up in the energy of it all. Blood of Christ, they love the blood. And, they uh, love the blood. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're practically not listening. When you get them in the right spot, they're not even listening. I mean, no, so, they're listening. No, they're so much so not listening. I can, uh, I can talk about anything. I can talk about... Um, I can talk about my mom's banana bread recipe. In the, <laughs> no, you you don't on, think no. so? See, now you're you don't think so? No, you're underestimating your crowd. When I go back in there, I will preach a banana no, bread don't sermon. Do that. It's embarrassing. I bet you 10 bucks. Do you believe that if you go ahead and allow the Holy Ghost into your heart that you can be cleansed of all your sins and sit in the kingdom of God? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Can I get an amen? amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get a hallelujah and an amen? Do you know if you take two ripe bananas, you put them in a bowl and you put some sugar and you go ahead and bake it for 400, you can go ahead and pull it out and have yourself banana bread? Hallelujah! I'm just fascinated by that because I've seen that shit in real life. So, oh, it's just, there are a lot of things that that movie really nails and is perfect in its depiction of. I know a lot of people hated it because of the ending. Those people are wrong, and it's okay. No one's angry about this. We've we've gotten past it, but <laughs> that movie, holy shit, do I love it so much, and apparently Cootie does yeah. too. So hooray. Yeah. I got to think that's, that's my favorite. That's our answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's man. It. Man, these are some really good questions tonight. <laughs> I'm loving the whole goat line thing. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. 865-309-4969. Ask for Jenny. Uh, wrong number, bro. <laughs> uh. Let's see what's next. <laughs> hey, it's Finn. I just wanted to wish our atheist friends um, a very happy flying spaghetti monster colander on your head, pastafarian pirate whatever day that you do. That's right. Merry Christmas to the atheists. And the Jews. Well, we can say happy Hanukkah. Happy everything to everyone. All right, let's go to our next question. On line three, caller, are you there? Hey, guys. Schofield. Just wanted to say that I love you. I love the show. And here's my question for Kiss the Goat. With all the popularity of comic book movies, which you know I'm a huge fan of, when are we going to see one of the big bad demons from comics? And if you could pick one demon to be presented, who would it be? Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye. Oh, we love you too, Sco. You know we don't read comics. Right? Uh, <laughs> don't. You know this, Schofield. I mean, okay, so when, when do you think we'll see a big demon from the comic book universe, and which one would you like to see? I don't I don't know, man. No, I have, I have two. I actually have two Do ideas. Do you? Okay. Based on my limited knowledge. Take yeah. away that. Um, can we all admit that the live-action Spawn movie was a giant piece of garbage? It was, but the animated one was good. The animated one was good, yeah, but that never... That was just on HBO. That wasn't like a theatrical well, release. that's stupid. <laughs> not... I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. <laughs> Violator from Spawn, if they would do it and do it right and make him the scary motherfucker that he's supposed to be, that would be cool. I would love to see that. I would also love to see... I used to read this book when I was a little kid and probably shouldn't have read it. 
Um, pretty sure it was a Marvel character. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't care. You can't fucking hurt me with your Marvel DC boundaries. Damien Hellstrom, son of Satan, was a comic book character. I want that. Well, with this name like son want... of Satan, you can't go wrong. Huh? Well, <laughs> Damien Hellstrom? Jesus. <laughs> I want that. I want him to be like a gynecologist. <laughs> Damien Hellstrom, OBGYN. <laughs> you ain't right. And I want Sam Neill to be the guy who runs the HMO. Oh, well, I'd spread my legs for that. Where am I going? We won't need eyes to see. Oh, <laughs> did I say that? Sure did, out loud. Mm. That is okay. <sighs> you get a pass. You you get a pass for Sam Neill. Sorry, that's that's just too cool not to be like. Ah, oh, all right. <laughs> Get his autograph somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then get it tattooed immediately. Right. Wow. Well, that's it for that speak out. Um thank yeah. you everybody for your questions and your kind messages. We <laughs> And the death threats that we decided not to put on the show, although some of them were really creative. God, they were. What was that one about the food mill? Oh, uh, it was something about putting my balls in a food <laughs> mill and then quote Going all Anne Burrell on that shit, end quote. That's the spirit of the season. Oh, you know what? Why don't you sing us a song? Oh, God. I could. I was so drunk. <laughs> you, really, you do a lot of things better when you're drunk. Oh, I've heard that before. <laughs> Come on. Just play us a Christmas song, please. I'll do it. Oh, look. I just happen to have my guitar right here. Did you put this here? No. This was, in the, this was in the corner like last week. Nope. Didn't move it. Why is this tambourine here? I didn't know we had one. Just play the fucking song, okay? <sighs> Fine. All right. Okay. This is a song about Christmas. They say there's a war on Christmas Christians must fight to protect All the things they believe about Jesus' birth Long-held traditions and the rest of that shit Well, if they would open their Bibles They would find a few things are not there And the story they're so sure is scripturally based been embellished over time with incorrect details. It doesn't say Mary rode a donkey. We don't know how she got to Bethlehem. It does say that she came with Joseph, which makes that whole virgin birth thing incredibly suspect. There's nothing in the scriptures about innkeepers. They probably just stayed with some friends. In a cute little house, away from the main house. The Greek word is kataluma, which just means guest chamber. Who less livestock in their kataluma? Nobody I know, that's for sure. There wasn't a stable, no cattle were lowing. No hungry boat came to eat the placenta. Christmas, it's a wondrous time. 
especially when it snows. Although Jesus was more likely born in September, during the time of the Feast of Tabernacles, when people normally traveled around to visit their families, Joseph and Mary could have been in Bethlehem weeks before Jesus was born. And the Bible doesn't state how many wise men there were. It just says how many gifts they brought. And while we're on the subject of misinterpretation, why do people think Mary Magdalene was a whore? She's not the same person as the woman at the well. And she washed Jesus' feet with her tears and wiped him with her hair. That would freak me out if it happened to me. Oh, Christmas is a happy time. Filled with deceit and lies that eventually became the truth for millions of uneducated people who won't do any research on their own. Christmas presents originated with pagans. So did Christmas trees and Christmas wreaths. So, so did the archetype of Santa and the burning of fuel logs and the usage of greenery and lights for decorating the home to make it cheery in the winter. The traditions that Christians are defending they are rooted in pagan beliefs. It's not a defense. It's a history and it's facts. So if there's a war, it's probably against Saturnalia. You stole all our shit. You appropriated it. Now we want that shit back. So stick your hurt feelings right up your manger. Hail Santa, give me more wine. You stole all our shit. Appropriated it. Now we want that shit back. So stick your feelings straight up your nativity. Hail Santa and give me more wine. Everybody sing it with never mind. Shit and appropriated it. It would be cool if you gave that shit back and stopped talking bad about us behind our backs. So stick your feelings right up your crush. Hail Santa and give me more wine. One more time for the kids. You stole our shit. You appropriated it. And now we want all of it back. So stick your feelings right up your buttholes. Hail Santa and give me more wine. Well, that's going to do it for this year, guys. Thanks to everyone for being patient with us while we got Series 2 going. Thanks to Bo, who let us come back and sleep on his couch. Appreciate Thank it. everyone in our awesome Facebook group. Thanks for being both awesome and on Facebook. And thank you, everyone, who's ever listened to our show. We really appreciate it. We, It's what keeps us going. It's, like, it's what makes us take fucking six-month-long breaks so that we can revamp and re-energize ourselves to keep the show going strong for you it's only been like three months two and a half is that okay no yeah anyway i don't think that means what you think it means (laughs) good (laughs) so go ahead and cut the duct tape and let our hostages go oh i suppose i'm sure they won't say anything to the authorities Will you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll back in the new year. Until then, I'm Cootie. My name is X. 
Blessed Yule. Merry Christmas. And Hail Satan. Satan. Is that water? Have you been drinking water this whole time? What are you talking about? I had a quick question. Islets of Langer hands? I think it's I think it's eyelets. Eyelets? I'm not I'm not sure though. So let's let's you know. What is eyelets of Langer hands? It's a really weird body part. What? <laughs> I'm serious. What comes up with names anyway? I have my pants on now. So. Well, yeah, you, well, you didn't before. I was doing really good there. You were. You were. Yeah, yeah. Three, two, one. Krampus is often acting as a counterpart to St. Nicholas. Damn it, I did it again. Counterpot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're still doing better today. Though. We are. We are. I think this okay. is the tr- this is the trick. <laughs> we found it. There's a goat man waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us, but he thinks we'd blow his mind. Sorry. Wow. Was... Bowie, 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 Bowie. Okay, I'm sorry. What's the next story, Sam? Because this is amazing. Four in the fucking morning. Also, <laughs> she left the front door open again. It's not hip hop. It's electro. It's electro. <laughs> When's he going home? This is what it is. I love it. <laughs> Can you try not to use the voice that people use before they jump off the bridge? Because. <laughs> I'm not jumping. I'm too drunk to jump. I'm just laying in bed. Nothing <laughs> is not happening at this point. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Next story. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What? It's much quicker when I can read sentences. Wow. <laughs> what? Stars are brightly shining. I can't mute you. <laughs> I love it when you sing. I can mute me, but I can't mute you. This is the night of a zombie savior's man. 
And really, I will sit on the counter by the sink if I have to. That's fine. Actually, you can look into the bathroom straight from the bedroom. Just crack that door. I'm good. I am good. I don't, I don't ask for much. And my shower curtain is here, so you can watch me in TV. All right, then. Wow. Our that summer's sounds like a Saturday night. Our summer's sussed out. All right, then. <laughs> We're going to the desert, baby. If you give your being, a, if you give, just give your being a couple of days to heal up, you know. Oh, days. Hey, well, it's 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 your being. You do what you want with it. But long, fine, be vain. I'm wearing like this old shirt a friend gave me with no sleeves, and I just look horrible. I'm all fat and shit. Whatever, that's okay. No, I'll make a loaf of bread, and it's bigger than my television. Show me them titties, girl. Oh my god, your pants are so You are totally pantsless. What happened? Uh, you not wearing pants. I was hot. Well, congratulations, now you're hotter. Five. Four, three. If you're looking to indulge in more sin, you can certainly follow her on Facebook well, if she'll let you. Check out her group page, Modern Witch Executions, Never Again the Burning Times. Otherwise, you can hear her broadcasting over terrestrial radio out in the lawless wastelands of the great American Southwest, reporting on the complex issues that affect the elder. Yes. Try that again. Sure. 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 Um, let's get one thing straight. We're going to be so excited. Yay, no pasta. Well, do. All right. Addiction. 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 The other knives are supposed to fan outward from that initial killing braid. Three, two, one. Well, Robert goes back home with the daggers. Although he managed, how he? He's a daggler smuggler. Dagger smuggler. You know this shit really kicks in by the end of the show. We're just gonna be hysterical. Just, just a vowel movement. Just me. <laughs> So, Robert dispatches her, grabs Damien, throws him in the car. Does not put him in a car seat because this is 1976. And then he goes, fuck child safety. Fuck child safety. Who needs it? He's the Antichrist anyway. Then he goes tearing off through the streets. I'm a nut. I'm a nut. Bell ring, I gotta go. Okay. Ascetic. Um, ascetic means that they don't, they're sparse. They're very Spartan. They don't, 
believe in things like you know running water or electricity. Kind of like, kind of like if the Amish were, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very like Spartan Amish. Show me that. Show me that ass. Why doesn't this happen all the time? All right, I think we're done. You can put some pants on and come back out if you want.